tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please remember to drop a sub, drop a like, and leave your thoughts down below in the comments. With that, we will see you guys in the podcast. Raymond, welcome to the World XP Podcast. It's been been forever. You came up for a couple months from Louisiana, played with us for a bit, and now you're, I see videos of you singing in churches. So, uh, how you been, bro? How you been? It's been a while. What's up? Uh, I've been doing great. Uh, yeah, I moved from Virginia, like, what, like, a couple months ago, right? Yeah. And, yeah, we just, like, doing some different stuff than we used to do. 100%. So, you have become, actually, hold on. Do you have, do you have headphones? I'm getting echo. No, I don't. Mm. I can I can put I can put one some though. Yeah, if you can get headphones, do that. Cause it's up. gonna it's gonna echo the whole time. Let me see now if it works better. Okay. Okay, what about now? Okay. Yeah, that's better. Better? I think. Hold on. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know why it's still going. Oh, I didn't go that time. No, I went that time. Hmm. Usually why there's echo is because, like, if you got it on your speaker? Mm-hmm. Your speaker picks up my voice and then it shoots it back at me like as you're talking. Let me see. Hold up. Are you on your phone? Let me try to fix this real quick. Okay. Okay, what about now? Let's see, test. Bed? Hi, Raymond. I hear no echo. Okay. Better now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, we'll try this again. Ready? Okay. Raymond, welcome to the World XP Podcast. I know uh popped up for, for to Virginia, played soccer with us for... A few months, moved back to Louisiana, and now you've changed paths. I guess just a quick intro, and then I'll let you introduce yourself a bit. Um, I was running a training session for uh, a club, and I met Raymond, and I invited him to play up the, to, to start training with us. Uh, it was during kind of the, the COVID time frame, and really just looking to 
help players improve and give them some opportunities and um, kind of almost help you settle in because you had just moved. Um, and so, and so, yeah, that's how that's how we met. But you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of who you are, what you've been up to, um, a mini summary of your backstory, and then we'll get into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for Joe Puderne, man. It's an honor. And yeah, just as you said, I met you back there in Virginia. I moved to Virginia because uh, I one club from what was the name of the city? Woodbridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they offered me a contract to play with them, and I stayed there for six months. And then I had to come back here. But yeah, I stopped playing since I got here. I stopped playing. Uh, I went through a couple stuff, so. Now I'm doing a whole different thing, as I was telling you. I'm studying now. I'm trying to become a uh, become a pastor. So a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So what got you? What got you into that? Because you are you're a bit younger than me. I'm I'm pretty sure. And so in terms of your soccer or football like career, you still have some time, but you decided to go a different path. So kind of. Well, um, tell us about how you came to like, what, what, what sort of thoughts went into that decision, how you made that decision and kind of where you are now. Yeah. Well, I would need to go kind of like really back. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. We got, pl- we got plenty of uh, time, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Then when I was back home, I started playing like professional 15 years old. Uh, my first professional games, it was 16. I was playing under 23 with 16 years old, you know, so it was, it was kind of like a lot of like, uh, injuries at that, at that moment. I was getting hit a lot. I don't know if you remember when we was playing back in Virginia, they kicked me a lot. And All the time. <laughs> it's been like that my whole life. So back home is worse. Cause, um, here there's more like technique, you know, like, more tactical players, but mm-hmm. back home, everything is like everybody kick everybody, you know? So being like really young, playing against people, 23 years old, 24 years old, 25 years old, training with the first team, I was getting a lot of injuries, though. Mm-hmm. getting injured like the whole time. First injury was a one of the ankle, the right ankle. I strained my ankle real bad and they didn't treat us as good as they show, you know. They put an injection, I don't know what's the name in English, like a infiltration. Inflammation. That goes right. Like anti, no. anti-inflammatory. Yeah, that goes like right inside the, the injury, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so you can recover quicker. Mm-hmm. So they did that one time. Then my ankle did the same thing. They do it again. They did it again. I mean, they did it three times, though. Mm-hmm. So it went to the point where my ankle with that little like small head, it was getting swollen like bad. So that's when I start, you know, like to rethink everything, but I was still 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. really young. Uh, I was playing on the under 20 national team. I play under 17 and under 20 national team for mm-hmm. Nicaragua. I'm from Nicaragua. Actually, mm-hmm. I play for, to the two most important teams back home, Real Esteli and Dirian Hen, most important teams. 
And, and yeah, then I got the chance to come here. Uh, I was signed by a, by a university from Thomas, Georgia, from Thomasville in Georgia. And that's how I ended up in here. I was selected out of 120 players it was at that time. And it was just me and another two guys who got selected to play in the university. So after these tryouts, they wait for me a whole year. So I can, uh, cause I was 15 at that time. And you know, you can go to college in USA with 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So they have to wait for me for one year. But like in that year, I had an injury in my, my right knee, mm-hmm. meniscus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Real bad. I was training with the first team and I got this injury. So I started my recovery process. And that's the first time I can tell I saw a miracle in me because I was supposed to get a surgery. Everything was ready for the surgery. And then the day before the surgery, they they did the like the test again, you know, like the I don't know what the, what's the name in English. It's like a test where they see your meniscus. Or MRI. They did it and the meniscus was good. Mm. The doc doctors was amazed. They was like, ah, we don't know what happened, man. You're just lucky. I was like, this is God. <laughs> but it just disappeared, though. You know, it just disappeared. Some teams that. You can't explain. So I got here. I start playing. Start playing with a team uh, from GCPL. It's a Premier League, the Gulf Coast Premier League. Mm-hmm. They brought me to the United States. They offered me a contract to play. I played for them one year. And, man, every time I was in my 100% again, injuries. Injuries after injuries. Injuries after. With 20 years old, like right before I moved to Virginia, I decided to stop playing soccer. But then this opportunity in Virginia came on, you know. So I was like, okay, let me try once again. But you know what happened back in Virginia too, my knee again. Yeah. And and it was just crazy though. So this, I think this injuries, all of this situation though, put me on a position that I start having depression, mm. like real bad depression, real bad anxiety. I start to feel like an emptiness feeling, you know, like, man, I was getting money. I was, I, I had my house at that moment. I had my dream car. I had my wife with me and everything. But it was just that feeling, you know, like something, something is not fitting. Something is not fitting. And, I made a couple of mistakes in Virginia, and when I moved back, uh, I almost committed suicide though, two times. And I was saved by the police those two times. Mm. And that was the, I don't know if that's a good word in English, breaking point. Like like, uh, like when I op- opened my eyes, you know, like, mm, yo. Mm-hmm. Like realization. Uh, yeah, exactly. You realized, you know? yeah. And that's when I, I don't know, I went to a church and I should start crying, man. You know, I should start crying out of nowhere. I should start crying. And that day I accept Jesus as my savior. 
and I had a vision. The Bible says that you young people is gonna have visions, is gonna have dreams, and it was me preaching to people. Right after I have the, I had this vision. I had the the feeling of leaving soccer, so I stopped soccer. Last time I played, it was like what, like two months ago, I think. At least I'm not fat, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm more into the God things right now. But if God wants me to have another chance, I'm open to, you know. Mm-hmm. I still, I still run sometimes. I still play sometimes, but I stopped soccer. Yeah. And I'm, I know it's just 22 years old, you know. But like with all of the injuries, with all of the situations, I decide to stop. It's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had several conversations after you left, um, and we had talked about just kind of what you were up to. And I hadn't realized that you were at that point. Um, but were you religious before, before this, or was this your first experience, kind of going into, into a church like that? Because I know a lot of the Central and South American countries are very religious. A lot of Catholics and Christians down there. Is this your opening experience to it, or were you involved before, or kind of? And if you were involved before, what made you go away? I guess. Actually, no. It's not. It's not like my first. Uh, what you mm-hmm. call it? Like my first experience. You know. Yeah. Were you raised? Um, were you raised? Yeah. Yeah. Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was raised Christian. Uh, so what made you go away, but, and then? Obviously, you came back because of the difficulties that you talked about, but you left for a time. What made you? What made you do that? I actually think I was running from the call of God. Because mm. since I was a kid, I wasn't supposed to be born. First of all, mm. <laughs> uh, when my mom was pregnant of me, there was a tumor that it was growing faster than me, and the doctors told her, uh, "Look." Is either your life or your kid. We either take the tumor out or take the, the kid out. So she was ready for the abortion. She was ready. And she was just like my meniscus thing. The tumor disappeared they, like a week, a week before they had to do the, the surgery. And at that moment, my mom made a promise to God that I was going to be a minister for him. He was like, look, he's alive, so I promise you that he's going to serve you. He's going to be a minister. He's going to preach your work. And I think I was kind of running away, you know, because I heard that it was it was hard. So I was kind of running away since, what, like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. 14 years old, it was a point of my life where I separate completely from God, completely. You know, whenever, like, we have 15 years old, 16 years old. We want to have different experience. We don't, we don't have to live as our parents tell us to do. You know, like, oh no, I want to have my own life. I want to have my right. own experiences. So everything's just tear apart. Yeah. And I, I think I was running away basically. <laughs> mm. That's very interesting. So. Mm. So you're in, okay, so let's, 
back. We'll go a little bit through the story. And I want to talk a little bit about your experience when you first get to the United States. What was that like for you? Um, did you know English before you came over here? What was the transition like um, dealing with a different culture, right? You go from, from a small country into like a university setting as very different, obviously. obviously. So how did you handle that? What was that like for you? Um, talk about some of the challenges or even things that you found maybe a bit easier than you thought. Uh, talk to talk to us about that whole process. I think it was easy, you know. It wasn't mm -hmm. that hard for me because uh, we used to come to United States for vacations when I was a kid. We used to come a lot. Mm -hmm. And, bro, I, since I was a kid, I, I love it, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's way different than the things we have back home in our country, you know. So when I moved here, I didn't know English like in the level I am right now. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not 100% yet, but, you know, I was maybe like 40%, something like that. But whenever you are a foreign player, you have to take a test named TOEFL, which tests your English level. And in that test, they see if you're able, if you're capable to to be in the university. You know, it's a listening test. It's a speaking test. It's a writing test. Um, and that was actually kind of hard. It was it was kind of hard because it's a 120 points test, mm -hmm. and you have to you have to make like 80 points so you can pass the test. So that was the only hard part. But once I was here, the things the difference in soccer, Eric. I know you realized this when I was back there. The intensity we have back home is way higher than the United States mm -hmm. in soccer. So in the in the soccer part, it was easy for me because I came like with intensity. I was playing back home already. So on the soccer part, it was easy. As I told you, the coach loved me at that moment. They wait for me a whole year to turn 16 and came here. So it was really easy. Then and the difference of the culture, man, that was the hard part. You know, mm. people are super different in here. But I'm just glad because the people I met and I keep meeting in the United States, they good people, you know. I have never felt in the United States racism, never. I have never felt like, you know, like kind of like pushing away by people, never to. And I'm just glad, you know, because a lot of people have bad experience. But it's not my case, so it was, it was, it was a good transition. It wasn't that hard. Hmm. Very nice. I will defend the soccer, at least in Virginia, a little bit. The environment that you're in at, at back home is like people, or at least to the environment here that you were in. Um, a lot of the players are doing it for fun, rather than to like make a living or go somewhere. They have less on the line than back home so that's probably why i think if you go to a professional environment like a, a usl environment the intensity is definitely it it picks itself up as it goes um but like you said that makes total sense why it was that way um that's also good i'm glad you've not experienced any of the yeah the and you know stuff. like ah, yeah. you have to you have to like 
keep in mind that when I went to Virginia, I wasn't even in my hundred percent. I was mm-hmm. just like trying again, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a whole different thing. I was seventeen years old at that moment, and I was coming from playing um, national team. Mm-hmm. I was coming from playing uh, under twenty three teams already, yeah. like the second team for the first for the first teams, you know. Yeah, so when I you had went to Georgia. You mean? A lot more of intensity, yeah. But now in Virginia, I was like maybe in a eighty percent, and I knew it, you know. Yeah. And I know, even like Virginia, I know for sure they have a good level, good mm-hmm. intensity, because it was hard for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning, it was really hard. Though. So I know in Virginia, and I keep telling everybody in Louisiana, like, man, Louisiana soccer, nah, <laughs> man. <laughs> In comparison with Virginia soccer, with like Maryland soccer, is a whole different thing. Yeah, there's you a know, lot of and, a lot of talent that's yeah. in this area. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, okay, so you were what 17 when you got to Georgia, and then when you moved to Virginia, you were what 20, 20 years old. 20, 20, 21. Yeah, 21. 21. Okay, so. You go back to Louisiana, and you're in this dark, this sort of dark place. And and you don't have to talk about all the details if you if you don't want to. But um, what was right? You talked about the emptiness and stuff, but that it goes a, a bit deeper, right? To attempt attempt suicide. So if if you want to t- talk about that, those moments and how like how the police helped you and then how you realize afterwards you need to go to church. Like how, how does that work out for you? Or like, how did, how did that situation um, kind of play out? Yeah. Oh, okay. First of all, let me tell you, I'm a open book, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have nothing to of hide. Course, I'm not of course, but like some I people, some I people already make... don't want to, uh, yeah. some people don't want to like relive the experience, you know? So I have, I have to yeah. say that, you know, yeah, no, I, I completely understand. But, like, the difference now with me is that I met Jesus, and it's a whole different thing. Now, the experience I had in the past, I use it as a testimony, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So when you when you get to meet this beautiful person named Jesus, all of your past, though, it comes to be a, it becomes to be a testimony. Like, it doesn't hurt anymore. Like, it didn't hurt me, though. It didn't make me feel bad, either. Mm Because I know it was back there. So now I can talk about it. But I know, I know some people that is going, like, to psychologists, they can't talk about this. Because it's hard for them. Because it might, the chapter not be closed. So I understand, you know. Yeah. I completely understand. But, but yeah, uh, the problem is, I think since I was a kid, uh, you say what made what made you uh, what made you what you said like so kind uh, of like when when you got back to Louisiana that that dark that dark like we'll say I don't know what six month period where you oh where yeah, you yeah tried to commit suicide kind of talk about how like what you remember from feeling how the police helped you in in the situations right you said they helped you. Um, when you tried, when you attempted that, so talk about sort of all of that, and then how you 
got out of it, right? Because I think the important thing with, yeah, with yeah. life is there's a lot of people feeling depressed and anxious now. Mm-hmm. And the important part is how do we get out of that? How do we help people get out of that? So talk on like your your experience for say, because some people will say, well, I have it worse because they don't know. So touch on like how far down, right, you went and then how you got out of it. Because I think it's important to know like for anyone to attempt that and and I know some people that have attempted that is you have to be in a very, very dark place. So talk about that and then how you got, how you got out of it. Yeah. Real quick, moving back, you know, I told you I was running away Mm -hmm. because the problem is that I was raised knowing Jesus, but I had a bad example of it because my parents at that moment, they were really like going back and forth, you know, in the, in the, yeah in their relationship, like fighting, arguing in front of us. So this bad example made me, you know, like feel bad since I was a kid. So this creates something that I didn't know it was going to get bigger when I was growing up. So seeing all these problems at home, uh, then my parents divorced and I didn't have a chance to talk about this with somebody. So keeping this to myself, too, it was really hard. And now I know it was really bad, too. And I even had the chance to talk to some people, but these people wasn't the correct one to talk about. You know, because, you know, like, there's some people that you can talk to them and, and they can, you know, like, really listen to you. But there's some other people who are not really listeners. Mm-hmm. And when you want to talk about this kind of stuff, you need really good listeners. Sometimes you don't even need somebody to talk back to you like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. Sometimes depressed people just need a good listener. You know? Yeah. So I had these problems at home at first. Then growing up, all my injuries in soccer too, knowing very well that I was going to be great because everybody was you know like betting on me back home because as I'm telling you 16 years old I was playing under 23 already I was with the first team too so everybody was like let's say putting their money on me you know like mm-hmm. betting on me like this guy is gonna be great this guy is gonna be this and not becoming what they expect me to be put me in a bad position too then I started doing drugs too. Mm. I went really bad on drugs. At first I went on drugs because I couldn't sleep. So I was like, you know, let me try so I can see if it, if it really going to help me to sleep. I Pain tried. Killers. It helps me. Yeah. It yeah. helps me at first. Then I started using it like on the regular, you know, on the regular, on the regular. And when I stopped doing this, it gave me anxiety attacks, like really bad. Because I was already like, um, how you can say it? I was already depending on the on the painkillers. Yeah, I was already addicted to them. Mm-hmm. So I start with the painkillers. That I then I start with weed, doing bad like every day. I was telling my wife because she didn't even realize that I was going through this either, and that's that's crazy, you know, because she lives with me. And at one moment, I went to cocaine, though. 
And that was the moment when I realized, man, I'm messed up for real. I'm messed up for real because I'm, I'm jumping to another drug and I don't know where it's going to end up. And then I went into an altercation with my, with my wife, not like five, but like, you know, like a lot of back and forth with my wife too. And this brought me back memories of when I was a kid. So the depression went worse than it was at that moment. And the suicidal thoughts start getting bad, getting bad, and getting bad. So one moment, I was just walking through a bridge that is right in between two cities in here. It's like super tall and stuff. So I was walking there, and I just stepped in the middle of it, and I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump from here. I already had enough of this, enough suffer. I, I'm just, at that moment I was 22 and my thing was like, I'm just 22 years old though. All of this pain, all of the things I'm carrying on since I'm like 14 years old, it was, it was killing me. It was killing me slowly. It was killing me slowly. So I was like, I'm going to jump, you know. And when I, when I, when I stand up, on the on the edge of the of the bridge there was a police coming out of nowhere the police car just you know like turned on the lights he went he talked to me are you okay this and that and this and that and he took me to the other side of the bridge and being there I was like no I'm not going to be saved by a police <laughs> what is this i went back to the bridge did the same exact thing, the same exact thing. And then another police car. <laughs> I would say two times the same day. Mm. And I'm not even telling you about the times I tried to commit suicide before by drinking a lot of pills and it never happened. I can explain it though. Because like one time I took maybe like 25 painkillers. And it didn't, like, nothing happened, though. Like, nothing. I was just laying down on the sofa, you know, waiting. Like, okay, this is the day. I swear it was, like, 25 of them. I swear I'm not, <laughs> I'm not playing. Like, 25 of them. And nothing happened. Uh, the name is in Spanish. It's a lamb. It's for the pain. It's, it's for, you know, for the people who go to the surgeries. And mm-hmm. it's so they can sleep. But. It was God's hands working since that moment. Yeah. How long in between the the two police? He drop you off and you walk straight back, or was it like you go home and then you go back? No, at the same time they drove me off. They drove me off and then I walked back because mm. I was decided that day. You know, I was like, no, he have to be this day because I, I can't keep going. It was the same day, like maybe thirty minutes difference. No, maybe like one hour difference. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you didn't do it. Um, I feel like there was a part of you that didn't really want to do that. I don't know. Is that ac- is that is that accurate? Actually, you know, I was scared of the alligators. <laughs> 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 
Because <laughs> there is water, like, you know, like, uh, under the bridge. And I know there's alligators, man. So I was like, but it's like, you know, like, really, like, how you say in English, like, the hype is really, is really high. The yeah. bridge is super high, like, mm -hmm. super high. So I know falling from there, as soon as you hit the water, it's like hitting the ground, you know? Yeah. I was like, man, what if I don't die whenever I hit the water? And there is an alligator, and, he, and, and, and this eats me, you know? I was yeah. like, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt so bad. <laughs> so I was scared of the alligators. That was the part of me that didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. I did. I didn't expect us to go here today when <laughs> when we talked. Yeah. I'm so infinitely glad that you did not do that. How? How soon after that did you go to church? When you talked about you went to church, you went back to church and you started crying. Was that like next day, a week later, that day? Look, right after that day, uh, I remember uh, I prayed for the first time in a long time. And I told God, look, if I'm alive, it's because you have a purpose on my life. If I'm still here, breathing, it's because you're going to do something with me. But it was like a period of two weeks, maybe. And... I, I even told God in my in my prayer, I'm never gonna forget. I'm gonna go to church tomorrow because then the day the the next day there was a like a church, you know. Mm -hmm. It was church day, and I was like, I'm gonna go tomorrow. I promise, I'm gonna go tomorrow, and it didn't happen. But two weeks later, there was something going on in church, like a special event, and my mom was like, "You wanna come?" I told her, "Yeah, I'm gonna see if I go." And at the very last minute, I was like, you know, I'm going to go. But I wasn't expecting, you know, all of that to happen. Your mom is in the U.S. Like, now. Yeah, my mom and my dad, they mm. here now. And I wasn't expecting to that to happen. I went just like to see, you know, just like to take a look at what they were doing. But this is the thing. Sometimes you go looking for one thing or you just go because somebody invites you and then you end up meeting with Jesus, not with the people you were supposed to meet. And that's the funny part because I was there and the pastor just called the people who wanted to accept Jesus as their savior or yeah, basically that. And I, I didn't move, you know, I was like, no. Oh, for what? But then this start happening. I start crying. I start shaking like crazy, like real shaking like crazy. Though I was like, "What's happening with me?" Because I was praying out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting to cry either. I wasn't in a mood to cry either. I start to cry. This start happening to me, and then I felt a hand right on my shoulder, and it was the pastor. And as I told my pastor, I will never forget the words you, you told me. He was like, I'm going to give you a hug, but this hug is not for me. God sent me to give you this hug. Man, my wife sometimes gets jealous, but 
this hug was so good, man. Like, oh my, I never experienced a hug so bad, so like so good. Like, I felt, you know, like, like he was really hugging me. Like he was really there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took the I took the step, and I accept Jesus that that day, you know. So you go home that day. What are you thinking? What's what's going on in your head? Where are you at mentally? Are you the two weeks prior to that? Are you still doing like on painkillers and and doing smoking weed and the other stuff? Like where are you at mentally the two weeks up to that point and then Going home that day, what were you feeling? Actually, I stopped. That day, I stopped, and mm. I think it it, it was God too, because you know, when you're addicted to something, you just can't stop. Right, you have to go through a process, you know. And when it was bad, like I was doing, you have to take a time. And with me, it wasn't like that, and and that's. That's like the crazy thing for for some people who know me, because they're like, "How, how you should stop from one day to another?" And I told them, "Man, I don't know." But now that I know why, I understand everything. But those two weeks, I was just basically existing, basically that, breathing, working, and that's it. Nothing else. I was just, you know, like trying to figure out all the stuff, putting all the pieces together. But it wasn't like I was feeling bad the whole two weeks. I was, like, doing drugs. No. It was just, like, I was just thinking a lot, meditating about everything, you know. But still incomplete, obviously, which is why you ended up at at church that day. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, so you have this experience at church, and you're going home in the car on the way home, what are you feeling? What is your mindset like? What are you thinking about? Are you making promises to yourself that day? Are you making promises to God that day, to Jesus? What's going on in your head on the way home? Um, as, I, as I'm telling you, though, I had a vision that day. And on the Bible, I told you on Acts, it says that I didn't know this at that moment till maybe a couple days later. I realized this wasn't the Bible too because whatever happens to you whenever you are with God, you will find it in the Bible. That's for sure. I know that for sure. And I had this vision. But I was like, I wasn't sure, you know. Because I was like, I, I might saw something on YouTube or I might saw a video of somebody doing this. So I was going back home just thinking, you know, really happy because I had this feeling before when I was a kid. This whole thing, I felt it when I was a kid. So I was like, man, it's happening again. I'm feeling good again. And since that moment, it's like, uh, it sets like a before and after in my life. An after and a before in my life. Mm-hmm. That was the last day I felt anxiety. That was the last day I felt I really felt depression. The last day. That was the last day. And 
before that, it was some thoughts, you know, doing drugs, but I didn't want to. I didn't do it, but it was still some thoughts. Just as you said, you know, I went to church because of a reason to. And that was the last day I had these these thoughts in my head too. And going back home, I was just basically telling God, "Look, is this is what you wanna what you wanna do with me? Like, I'm down, you know, I'm down for you, because I understand you saved me. And as I told you before, if I'm still alive, it's because you have a purpose for me. So, if you wanna use me." Use me as your basil. You know what mm-hmm. that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I told him, yeah, use me. I don't know what you want to do with me, but, but use me. So how how long after that you start, did, did you start kind of preaching or in, in church? I, I remember I started to see videos of you up on... I don't know, I don't want to call it a stage, but like near the altar, talking with the microphone, leading hymns and songs. And I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, it seems different for him. Because the last version that I had seen of you <laughs> was was soccer. Um, and I stopped seeing soccer and started seeing that. And I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. But now it may, I mean, it makes sense. So how so then how long after you start doing that because you said you're still studying to be a to be a pastor right so how did you did you go to the pastor of the church and say I want to start to start doing this I want to start studying or how how did that all work out for you Okay uh this is the thing about this I have to go like to spiritual like words you know Mhm I know you know about this because, like, you went to church when you was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went to yeah. church when you was a kid. Yeah, Catholic. And mm-hmm. I know, I know that that you went to church when you was a kid, and I know you still have a purpose too, because uh, the seed that God puts in you is gonna grow one day, but. There is something named Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when this fills you, it gives you, I don't know how to, how you say it in English. It's not like powers, but to be easy, easier for me, I'm going to call it powers. You know? Say it. What's the, I don't what, really know the word. What's the, Spanish, what's the Spanish word? Uh, don. D-O-N. Mm. I know, I know the word. I don't. I know what you mean, but I don't know the word either. That's fine. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Let me see if I can find the word real quick. Gift. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. It's not. It's not like superpowers, but it's like you feel. Yeah. You feel empowered. Yeah. So. Right, uh, right after that, I think it was the second day after that, I was driving my car. I was going to one of my friends' house. And when people say, I heard God, it doesn't mean like they heard, like 
like literally like a person, you know, like somebody talking. Some of them have this experience, but but most of these people is with thoughts out of nowhere. You have this talking to you. And I was driving and I had this thought telling me, your friend is going through a difficult situation. Your friend stopped believing in God. Go out there and pray for him. Uh, I stopped my car and I started talking to God for the first time. And I told I told him, I'm not ready. I just converted like again like two days ago. I'm not ready. And I had this feeling, you know, you have to go. You have to go. So I went there and I told him, Look, I didn't have I told God I didn't have the words. Put the words in my mouth because I don't really know what I'm gonna talk about, because I don't really know what this guy is going through. But you put the words in my mouth. I went there. And I start, I start talking to him about stuff that I didn't know, and he never told me either. And when I start talking this stuff, this guy, he start crying too. And at the moment I start praying for this guy, this guy just like went to his knees, and he kept crying. He kept crying for a long, for a long, for a long time. I prayed for him, I left home, and as soon as I got home, um, I felt that, like, yo, what's happening? Okay, what's this? So I went to the Bible, and I started reading about this, and since that moment, all these gifts start to happen in my life. The name is prophecy, you know, the prophecy. Prophecy? Yeah. And... Since that moment, God started using me as a prophet with the with the science gift. Science gift means you know stuff. How can I explain? You know stuff that you don't know. You know if that if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like there's no way of you knowing something, but you know it because God is telling you. Yeah. Like for example, just as I told you. I was laying down in my bed like a couple hours ago and when I was reading the Bible a little bit and you told me we was going to be on the podcast, God told me this guy went to church when he was a kid. That's why I told you. You went to church, right? I, we mm-hmm. never talked about God before, never. And he's not like, oh, it's because everybody goes to church. Like, you, you know that's a lie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lie. Some people never know about God, never knew about God, never. And I went to my pastor. We talked a little bit. And he was like, look, you're going to be on like a like a test time. I'm going to be helping you. I'm going to be helping you to, to have like like a base, you know, like 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 a good foundation. Yep. Because you can't just go out there and tell people, oh, I'm this and that. I'm a prophet. I'm blessed. No, you can't. Because whenever you're used by God, you start having the, these attacks by the by the devil. Devil? By the evil? Mm-hmm. Devil, by the yeah. evil, too. And if you don't have good foundations, you're going to fall again. And it's going to be worse. That's what the Bible says, too. That 
the status, it becomes to be worse than it used to be when you didn't have a good foundation. So he started working with me. He started, you know, with a lot of patience. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad, like really, really glad that God put this pastor on my on my path because he's been really helping me a lot. He's been he's been a, a bless for me though. And whenever he he saw that I was getting better and getting ready, he was like, Okay, now you can go ahead. Because there's something that the Holy Spirit gives to the he gives you gifts and then he gives you something like attitudes, you know, like different attitudes. Like peace. You get peace. Um what else? Let me see it in English. Because I, I don't know how to say it in English. I, look, this is my first time talking about God in English. Mm, hey, you're, doing, you're doing a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, hey, you're getting, you're getting, uh, what you call it, a historical one the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time. Exclusive. It's the first time ever. <laughs> But it's like peace, basically peace, love. All of this stuff, you know, that when you accept Jesus, you start to show into to the world. And it's but not because you're on, only showing it to them. It's because you're living with this. It's something that has changed, you know. If you used to hate somebody, you can't hate him no more. If you used to do this, you just can't do it no more. Because there's something inside you that tells you, look, no, that's bad. That's wrong. Mm. Don't do it. You know, if you was being like, If you was having problems at home and you was and you had zero peace at the moment, then you start having peace too. If you was a kind of person that used to get mad real quick, you start to be patient. And I was that person, you know, getting mad real quick. And I started to have patience too. And whenever I think the people who knows about God see these things on on other people, and because that's how I do too. Whenever I see this kind of stuff in people, I'll be like, okay, these persons have the Holy Spirit because he's a different person. You can tell, you know, by the way they move, by the way they talk, and you can feel the interior too. You can tell it's not like just from the outside because, you know, out there, there's a lot of people that from the outside, they look good and they talk good. But from the inside, they so bad. Or they go back home and they treat their wife like trash. They they treat their kids like trash. They treat people like trash. They treat homeless people in the way they want to treat them. So it's just like from the outside. But you can tell whenever a people is good from the inside too. Mm-hmm. So I think it was at that moment that the pastor realized this guy is getting ready. Because I know for sure I'm not ready yet. I'm in the process still. I think everybody's in the process too because uh, the words say if there is a per- a perfect person on the world, he will come. So nobody's perfect yet. <laughs> so everybody's in the process. Nobody's ever going to be ready. Even in regular life, sometimes you think you're ready for something, but then you realize, wait, I'm not ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Always, always. So I think at that moment he was like, yeah, he's he's doing better. 
So I start getting chance, you know, like to sing in the altar. That was a a hidden talent. I can sing sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> my wife, yeah, yeah. My wife says I do it good, but you know, he's my wife. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she, yeah, she will say I do it good. <laughs> but that was the moment when when I start, you know, like to sing and to preach, to to go out there and preach to people to whenever the gift and the fruits of the Holy Spirit start to start to show in my life. Hmm. Powerful. So you start preaching, you've got people that are there and to a certain extent, what what about right? So obviously you enjoy it and, and you're doing what God has called you to do. But what so like when I am training kids in soccer and I see they improve, it makes me proud. But so I guess how how much of it do you get from having somebody come up to you and say, oh, that was really like I really like what you said really spoke to me today versus knowing that you're doing what God has called you to do. Is it both or like do you have those experiences with people coming up to you and, and saying like, wow, your testimony is very powerful? Um, like how does that how has that kind of been for you? Um, actually, yes. It happened to me like a couple of times before, and it's really you can say it meaningful. Is mm-hmm. that a good word? Yeah, meaningful. Yeah, it's really meaningful for you because, like, let me tell you something first, so you don't get it wrong. Because I had a friend before, not a friend, but uh, a guy that came up to me. Um, and he don't believe in God. And I told him my experience. And he was like, okay, so if I want to meet God, I have to suffer? So I said, no, wait. That's not the plan. That's not the original plan. The original plan is you meeting God without suffering. Well, because of your acts, you got consequences. But God used all of this, even if it's good. But if he used the bad for good, that's what he does. So even your consequences, he still uses. So I know that he didn't put me, God didn't put me in this position. God didn't want me to have depression. Obviously, no. But he used all of this to go out there and talk to people who's going through the same process as me you know so some people came to came up to me like i've been i've been going through the same situation and i'm really thankful that that you are talking about this i'm really thankful because uh most of the people don't really talk about this you know most of the people have this as a i don't know how you say in english taboo Taboo, like, yeah. Like, it's like you're not supposed to talk about it, yeah. Yeah, and it's even worse when when you're in church because some people say, "Oh, you know Jesus, how you how you, how you feel sad? Oh, but you know how you feel this and feelings were given by God because if not, we will be people without feelings. Though. So they were like, "I've been going through this." 
and I'm really glad I heard you I heard you talking about this. And some other people, when I go to them with a word, like I told you, that I go to them and 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 with words that I don't know these people. It's going through this, but God's show me it's going through this. They go like, man, how? How you do this? How you can do this? They they get amazed, you know. But as people who is used by God, we are really careful with this. Because we always know it's not about us. It's not that we deserve this. It's not like, oh, it's because I'm a good guy. God is using me. No. Because my nature is being bad. But his grace is so big that he still used me. That's why I told you, you know, what a, use me as a vessel is. Because mm -hmm. I'm just a vessel of him. Whenever I go to a people, it's not because I'm doing it. It's because he's doing it through me. And you ask me, you know, like, uh, How does it feel? But there is something in the Bible. I'm going to read it to you real quick. That it says, so you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, she'll say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. We're not doing something. Oh, my God. No, we're just doing our duty. So whenever people come to us, we feel good about them. But we don't get this go all the way to a heart because he can go the wrong way but yeah it happened to me and it feels so good it feels i feel happy you know when mm -hmm. i get to help people i feel really happy how do you um how do you you know what the word reconcile means in english What's the word reconcile Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you kind of reconcile the fact that you you are just, like, you're not, God is using you to do stuff, but you, like, want to have some control over your life? Like, how do you balance those two together, right? Because, like, it's okay to feel happy when you help people, but also, like, you want to have some resemblance of like of control over you like hmm. do you know what I'm asking yeah 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 like like the balance you know between yeah. regular life and you know and, and, and yeah, all because the other there's, stuff. there's a certain point of existing on the earth where you have to just like like you have to make some judgment calls yourself like God is using you to Right, he's using you as a vessel, but there's sometimes that you have to also decide. Like maybe through his, like through God's influence, you can make the decision. But like, you know, like how do you balance that out? Between um, like between, for example, saying oh, I haven't heard like, I know this is not how it works, but just to simplify the example, like oh, I haven't heard from God today. I don't know if I should do this or that. Let me just pick to do that one. Like, I know that's not how it works, but, like, yeah. to simplify the example, like, how do you balance that out? Well, the way you keep the balance is knowing that even on your regular life, let's call it like that, 
you still have to follow the example of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? So some people, some people really think that whenever you are serving God, you start being serious, you know, like, like oh, you don't talk to nobody. Or, or you spend the day like, mm, God, talk to me. No, and it's not like that, though. Yeah. No, because it's a relationship. It's not because with Jesus, it's not religion no more. It's a relationship with him, you know? So it's not like I'm the whole day, like, moving in a different way, like, spiritually, you know? No, I, I keep the balance, too. I love, I still, you know, like, make jokes. I love to make jokes, you know? I, I love to laugh with people, laugh about everything. But you know the limits. Mm-hmm. Like you start mm-hmm. recognizing the limits where you can pass, you know, what you can do no more. You're still living a regular life. The only difference is that you pray more, is that you seek God with a different intensity than, than what it used to be. And as I told you, when God starts using you, you start getting attacks too, a lot of attacks. But on the Bible, it says in John sixteen thirty three, these things, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Some people think that whenever we come to God, we're not going to have problems, that the problems will stop, that you meet Jesus and then the problems stop. Oh, you you live a good life, a movie life, and it's not like that. You have problems too, but the difference is that you know who's going to help you in these problems. The difference is that you know you're not alone. The difference is that you know how to fight with these situations. So that's the difference with the one I am right now and the one I used to be, how I keep the balance. I still go out, but if I see something that I can do, I stop. Because I know the Holy Spirit is with me. So I stop. I'm like, no, this is, God doesn't want this to me. I pray a little more. I pray. Now I pray so more than I used to be before. But I keep living a regular life. I go to work whenever I um, I'm working, uh, I'm still praying in my head. And whenever I have to take decisions and I don't feel, oh, my God, God is not answering me. I go to my Bible or I start thinking, what will Jesus do in this situation? You know, because yeah. we, we start living for him as his example. And if I can get it that way either, I go to my pastor. Yo, what should I do with this? But mm. decisions, that's the hard part, actually. That's a good point. Take, taking decisions is hard. Because, you know, your body wants something and your spirit wants something else. So it's really hard. Yeah. 
it's hard to remain everyone has their own framework of like moral we'll say principles that they have to live by we'll say regardless of whether we agree with those that framework or not but for you you found this framework and so for you you're just following the example of the framework that exists so it's kind of like um I feel like the decisions that maybe, like that you said, are difficult, they kind of touch the boundaries of like where you're, like you have an area where you're like, yes, I know exactly what to do in all of these situations. And then you've got to go, you've got to kind of like, when it pushes to the edge, then you have to make judgment calls and, and things like that. Um, But yeah, I think you're, I think, I mean, obviously you're right. It's about setting, right? You following the example that Jesus gave. And I don't know. I feel like if more people did that, the world would be a better place, honestly. So, um, what is next for you? So, so you're you're still studying. You're studying to be, or you're not fully pastor yet. Um, I don't know. Talk talk about talk about that. Setting the example in life. How you plan to to move forward in life. Um, what your your goals are. All of those things. Well, right now I'm just I'm just waiting on God, really, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I start to live in my day by day. I still make plans, you know, like like for example, I don't have kids yet, but I want to have kids. So I might make my plans, but I still pray for God pray to God so I'm like look I got my plans but if you change them I don't have any trouble because I don't leave for me no more yeah so I still got plans like if you ask me right now I want to have kids next year but I don't know what God have for me you know so I'm just doing my best right now studying because you you got I mean Look, this doesn't is is not like oh if you if you study oh you can be a pastor no, you need to have the call because books and and knowing a lot of things can give you the call because you you have a lot of like wise people in the world a lot of them a lot of them but. They don't have the call, and you have. I know you have some some uh, some examples in mind whenever I say this, but you know there's a lot of people out there that has been really wise, and then just end up losing everything. Because the being wise that doesn't mean you can be a pastor, mm-hmm. but you still like me. I'm studying to to get to know more deep on the Bible, like go deeper, you know, not just reading, go deeper on history, on more foundation. So I'm just doing that part right now. Um, And I'm in the wait process. That's what we call it. I was talking to my wife yesterday about this. This is the wait process. This is the hard part, like the hard part, because he's just waiting. Yeah. He's just waiting. 
you know, but I got, if, if you ask me for my plans, I want to have kids. <laughs> um, let me see what else I have. Well, I really want to preach. I really want to be a pastor. But first of all, um, I am getting my, 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 all my premises done so I can go uh, back home right now mm-hmm. and start preaching back home too. Like going to preach to, to small towns, going to preach to cities back home, you know, where people don't know about Jesus, but where poor people is living because that's our job too. It's not just talking about, about Jesus with people, you know, who have money. No, we have to go all the way down there. So that's my, my main plan right now, get everything done so I can go back to Nicaragua, start preaching back in Nicaragua, you know, making like campaigns, you know, like, yeah, I have, I have Nicaragua on mine. I have Honduras on mine. I have Guatemala on mine too, Argentina and Spain. So this is the wait, this is the wait moment right now. Just waiting. Big things are in store for you, sir. Have you done a lot of um, like missionary or like um, evangelization type? Like you go places and you try to talk to people about Jesus before, or not back so much? Home, not so much. Back home, I used to be a translator for missions for Christian missions, mm. and you know, I was being a translator, but I wasn't good with that. I wasn't going to church. Yeah. So I think I think that's a seed too. You mm-hmm. know? You don't you don't really realize what's happening, but there is something going on. So I was working in a mission back home with uh, with people from here. They were going back home and I was translating for them and with them uh are you saying English evangelization? Yeah, like kind of reaching out yeah. to people, yeah. Yeah, I've been going out, but most of the time, when I feel that has something to to a person, you know, when it's like directly, yeah, I can go like for sure, you know, look this and this and that, but not that much, you no. Know. Hmm. I was gonna ask if you experienced any like, because I know there were Catholic uh, missionaries that go to like the college campuses, and or or like Mormons, for example, that go play, and they are sometimes we'll say uh not very well received by the local population whether it's a college campus or wherever so that was going to be my question if you had experienced anything like that before and how you would handle it but we can we can Uh, pretend we can say how would you handle it (laughs) so look first of all let me tell you my older sister she's catholic Mm -hmm. my older sister she's catholic and well, I really think we all have to respect their religions, you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what, what they believe. We have to respect. And it happened to me before with Mormons. I used to hide from them, you know. Because <laughs> sometimes they, <laughs> they, go to, they go to your house on, on Saturday mornings, you know. And, yeah. and I mean, I don't know how, how like... You know the question. I'm you asking. need to know. Yeah, you need to know that this is gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. if you go and, and and it happened to me already. Not like going 
door by door knocking, but with family though, who don't believe in the same as me. Mm-hmm. So I have to handle this with respect, you know, because that's the that's the main thing, Eric. Respect. Yeah. You got to respect. There's a lot of people thinking that they have the right way and they disrespect everybody. And they think, oh, because this is the right way to think. You're in the wrong part. So you're going to hell. That's not the right way to think. Trust me, that's not the right way to think. We're not in this earth to judge people. It's not our job. Our job is just to spread the word. So whenever people is like not receiving what I'm saying, you know, I feel like I have to stop. Let's change the topic, you know? Because mm-hmm. I told you, I told you when, when we started, I talked to a guy who don't believe in God at all. He's a scientist and he don't believe in God at all. And he was, man, it was hard. Trust me. Because he's super smart. He's super smart. He knows a lot. And he's a scientist. He, he thinks, you know, everything. It started from the Big Bang and this and that. So you need to listen. So I just listen. I just sat down and I listened to him. I wait for him to, to you know, like, till he end up talking. So I start. Up. And it was like that. That was the first time. But I understand this. You need to be patient. You need to have respect to what other people is thinking because you can just like push something in their head like you need to think like I'm thinking no it's not like that you know yeah. so you, when this happens you need to have patience respect and love you need to know how to love them even if you think they're wrong love them you know love them accept them because in the way you act with them, that's the same way they're going to think Jesus is going to act with them too. Mm. So when this happened to me, I just have patience. I just respect them. If they don't want me to talk about it, I just tell them, you're good. Don't worry. God bless you. That's, just, that's, that's my words in Spanish. Está bien. Dios te bendiga. It's fine. God bless you. Yeah. But we're just planting the seed. That's the only thing. We're just planting the seed. Just planting the seed. A word I give you, I'm planting the seed on you. And if it's God's, if it's God's, how you say it, like if God wants to do it. God's will. God's will. Yeah. So, but that's, that's how I handle it though. With respect, patience, and love. Fair enough. Wise words from a twenty-three year old. <laughs> uh I feel like that's a good place to wrap up, honestly. I think we covered your story. Some of your future plans. I don't know. I'm very, very happy you're still here. I think you're doing great work. Seen the videos obviously. Um I don't have a lot of words, to be honest, just listening to your story and soaking it in. Um, yeah, any 
closing thoughts, any last things you want to you wanna throw out there before we wrap up? Whenever you have more questions, we can have the the what you call it the second part. Yeah. Of the <laughs> of the of the what you call it of the podcast. But but no, I, I'm really I'm really glad though, and, and and I'm really I'm really grateful that you gave me the opportunity to talk about this, and I know it's gonna be helpful. It's gonna be helpful for. For some people, you know, I know for sure this is gonna go to the to the right ears. This is gonna go to the right minds, and even if there's people who don't believe in God, and he will tell me, no, I don't, I don't believe God exists. You know what I tell them when people tells me this? Mm. What do you tell them? If I'm if I'm following a God that doesn't exist, let me tell you, this God that doesn't exist for you, it took me out of depression. This God that it, you, you think doesn't exist, he gave me new purpose in life. This God that you think that it doesn't exist took me out of anxiety. So at the end of the time, if, God, if this God doesn't exist, I'm happy. But we will see at the end if this exists or not. Yeah. We and will we see. we're for sure going to know. <laughs> yeah, we will see, you know. We will see but, indeed. But, but yeah, so I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really thankful, though. I'm really thankful. And I hope all the podcasts, all the podcasts, I mean, you keep doing, they, they go really well. You know, you keep having good guesses. <laughs> yeah, that they will that they will help you a lot. And as I'm telling you, if you have more questions, let's go second part. Yeah, or if I'm some sure. friend of you tells you tells you like, look, what this means? Has this guy write down all those questions? But let me know before so I can get ready for them. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I gave you no questions and, today. And I will I will end up with something with a Bible verse that says in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy beautiful I really believe this is going to happen and and the seed that is in you it's going to grow. I know for sure. Cause, we'll see. Because we on, on Jeremiah, God told the, pro, the prophet Jeremiah, I knew you since you was on your, let's say, on your mom's belly. Mm. And mm-hmm. he knew, he knows you. He knows you really good. Better than somebody else. Better than me, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, man. But yeah, I, I tell everybody, like, if it helps one person, people are like, why do you do this? Like, if it helps one person, that's good enough for me. So I'm sure this will, I'm sure this will be helpful to a lot of people that listen. So thank you, man. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, if you want to find Raymond, I'll put his uh, Instagram in the description below. 
go check him out. Um, if you've got questions for him, uh, feel free to message him. I'm volunteering your messages. Feel free to message him. Um, but other, other than that, guys, with that being said, we will see you guys next time. Peace.